You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. That's why he's worthy to be praised, because he he saved us. He snatched us out of hell and invited us into the family of God. That's why we worship him, because he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. I promise I'm going to move on. I got a message, but he's worthy. (laughs) You're worthy, God. While we're standing, can we turn our Bibles to Romans, the fourth chapter? Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, God. Can't let that go. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Romans chapter 4. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4. We've been in this series and we're going to continue in this series. And it's, it's amazing that we're in the space of worshiping God for our salvation because that's what we're going to talk about today. Is our justification as, as people born of the Spirit. We should never tire of hearing the story of how our God saved us. How he, see, see, some of us may not have been saved from, but we've been saved to. Meaning that there's some things that you did not do, but he kept you and saved you from going too far. So we all have something to praise God for when we talk about salvation. He has justified us. He's justified us. Romans chapter 4. Starting at verse 9, and I'll read through the end. Excuse me, y'all. I, one of the issues I've been having this morning is my sinuses decided to drain. First thing this morning. So I've been running eyed and running nose. So if I sound weird, it's okay. Just listen to the word. <clears throat> is this blessing only for the circumcised then, or is it also for the uncircumcised? For we say, we say faith was credited to Abraham for righteousness in that... In what way, then, was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? It was not while he was circumcised, but uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith. While still uncircumcised, this was to make him the father of all who believe, but are not circumcised, so that righteousness may be credited to them also. (coughs) Excuse me. And he became the father of the circumcised who are not only circumcised, but who also follow in the footsteps of of the faith our father Abraham had while he was uncircumcised. For the promise to Abraham or his descendants that he would inherit the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. If those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made empty and the promise nullified. Because the law produces wrath, and there, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. This is why the promise is by faith, so that it may be according to grace, to guarantee to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have Abraham's faith. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in God's sight, in whom Abraham believed, the God whom gives life to the dead. 
and calls things into existence that do not exist. He believed hoping against hope. I like that. He believed hoping against hope so that he became the father of many nations according to what had been spoken. So will you, will your descendants be? He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be already dead since he was about a hundred years old and also the deadness of Sarah's room. He did, he did not waver in unbelief of God's promise but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. Amen. Therefore, it is credited to him for righteousness. Now, it was credited to him, was not written for Abraham alone, but also for us. It will be credited to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you with hearts of thanksgiving, God. Thankful for what you've done for us, God. Thankful that you saved us, God, that you redeemed us, God, that you purchased us back to be in right standing with you, God. Let us never forget what you've done for us, the cost that you paid for us, the blood that was spilled for us, the body that was broken for us, the weight that was made for us, the, the righteousness that was imputed to us, God. May we never forget the work of salvation that only you could do on our behalf, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we're asking now, Lord, that you would speak to us. Lord God, speak to your people that we would be fed. Lord God, I decrease, God, so that you would increase, so that your people would learn and that we could leave here forever changed. We give you glory. We give you honor. Have your way, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in their sight, God, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So, a lot of, lot of verses, a lot of verses. So, we'll start. We're kind of a, a synopsis. We've been in Romans. We're now on the fourth chapter. Last week, Pastor Bird opened up this chapter with us talk, talking about our justification that comes through faith only and not by any other works that we have to do. But, but by faith only. Somebody say faith only. So anything you do after faith is in lieu of your faith. It's because of your faith, faith only. So at the beginning of this, of this scripture that we are reading, Paul is stating his case again. He's been stating this case since the beginning of the book of Romans, and he, he, he piles it on more starting in chapter 2, and now here we are. He starts talking about, uh, he starts off with Abraham. Abraham, the reason he starts off with Abraham is because the people he are speaking to uh, in Romans, in Rome, were, were were more than likely Jews converted, right? And so, because they were Jews converted, they figured that because I am a Jew and I keep the law, that my keeping the law equals my salvation. Now, in the Old Testament, we know keeping the law was a sign of their faith and obedience to Christ, which led to them being covered until Christ came and died, and then they could be accepted in. But they wanted to hold on to their old way customs by saying things like we follow the law. We keep the law. We're circumcised according to the law of Moses on the eighth day. We, we cut our foreskins. We, we, we're good now, right? And Paul is telling them, no. What the law proved is that you are lawless. 
What the law proved is that you were faulted. What the law proves is that you were in need of a savior. And there's nothing that you could do keeping the law that could acquire a savior outside of faith in the grace that was presented to us through Jesus Christ. So I will be preaching, speaking, talking to you all from the subject, justified fully. Justified fully. Uh, uh, Lady Tracy just left, but me and Lady Tracy often talk, and we talk in song. We talk about the fact that there's a song for just about everything. As a matter of fact, not only is there a song about for just about everything, there's a hymn for just about everything. So when I grew up at U City Bible Chapel, 1252 North South Road, uh, over in U City, got, got to state that, you know, that's got to be in, in accordance to the right, you know, 1252 North South Road. Uh, I grew up under the eldership of Elder Ted Jackson and a whole list of other elders, but we sang hymns. We, we, didn't, we, we had a praise and worship team eventually. We had a choir that fell apart, but we sung hymns. And, you know, we had our own sta old standbys at the cross, you know, Jesus paid it all. Uh, uh, what do you want the Lord to say? And we, we, we had all those hymns, but there was one hymn that, like, captivated me. Uh, heaven came down, right? And glory filled my soul, right? It says, when at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day because heaven came down and glory filled my soul, right? And then there's a verse in there that says, born of the Spirit with light from above into God's family divine. Here it is, justified fully through Calvary's love. Oh, what a standing is mine. And it's because of the wonderful day when at the cross I believed, I took of the offer of grace he did prophet. He saved me. Oh, praise his dear name. That verse always made me think of something justified fully through Calvary's love. Not, not partially, not justified until I do the other rites of, the, of, of ceremony. Not justified until I get circumcised, baptized, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, um, speak in tongues, not justified when, when I knock on enough doors and earn my way into heaven, not justified when I declare myself to be king, not justified by any other thing, but justified by Calvary. Paul tells them, Paul tells them, he says, he says, when, when was Abraham's faith counted to him for righteousness? Was it, was it once he became circumcised? And he says, no. It was before the circumcision that justified him. And the circumcision was a result of his justification. My works that I do aren't because I need to be saved or stay saved. Let's throw that one out there. Stay saved. What does that mean? The Bible says that if we're in his hands and, and his hands is in God's hands and no one can pluck us out of his hands. The Bible says that those who God has given to him, he has never lost a one. So there is no reason to worry about staying saved. That's not, that's not what this is about. It was before circumcision. It was faith that saved Abraham. And, and when you read, when you read the narrative, Paul writes out this, this long, detailed argument about how, how if it wasn't faith, then it was works because it was the work of circumcision. And Pastor Bird already told us last week 
that we are justified only by faith. And I come to confirm it again because two is the number of witness that it is only by faith that you are saved. Ephesians says, for by grace you are saved through faith. Not by works which you have done, but it is a gift of God. That's grace. He graced us with faith, with salvation that comes through faith. So, that's the, that's the setup. Got to get the background. Got to get the backstory because uh, it's, it's in there. But there's a whole lot of verses to deal with. And so I can't go into a whole lot of detail, but I can go into some detail by saying that Paul was trying to make an argument, a good argument for the fact that righteousness has been credit to, credited to us not by what we do, but because of who we believe. Not, 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 not my... Not my belief. See, you know, you know they say God said it, I believe it. That settles it. That ain't true. God said it. Regardless of if you believe it or not, it's settled. And so here he tells us that we have been justified, that Abraham, Abraham was justified by his faith. I keep saying we and interchanging it with Abraham for a reason. If you read at the end of this when it says in verse uh, 22, therefore it was credited to him for righteousness. Now it was credited to him was not written alone for Abraham, but also for us. See, I had a hard time when I first was assigned this passage of scripture because I couldn't see the subject that Bird was telling me that I was going to be talking about because I couldn't, I couldn't grasp it, right? Until I read that last that last, that last part. See, he's talking about Abraham, but he ain't talking about Abraham. Mike Will got it. He's talking about Abraham, but he's not talking about Abraham. He's, he's using Abraham as an example, but he's talking about us. So, so as we get into this, my, 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 my main point, if I can get my technology to work. See, Bird, that's why I don't use the tablet. My main point, we have been justified by grace through faith because of a promise. Read, read, read. The scripture says, it says by grace, right? By grace. It says in verse, let's go 16. This is why the promise is by faith. So that it may be according to grace to guarantee to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of Abraham's faith. He is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He says, he, in 18, he believed, hoping against hope, so that he became the father of many nations. Hoping against hope. That caused me pause. That caused me to stop right there for a second. Hoping Against hope. Think about that. Think, think about that phrase. What is what you hoping against hope? That means that everything else is against you, and you don't even have hope on your side. You 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 remember he's talking about Abraham, but he's not talking about Abraham. So let's talk about us for a second. Everything was against us. We had failed in the garden. We were separated from God and his love in the garden. We were separated, pulled apart, cast down into utter darkness, lost without him. We had no hope. But Abraham hoped against hope. That means he had no hope. That means he was hopeless. We were hopeless. 
seeking in sin, trapped debtors because of sin, hopeless, hopeless. He said, it says, but Abraham hoped against hope, right? Right? That's what it says. And then it says, so that he would become the father of many nations according to what had been spoken. So will your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be dead. So how could he hope against hope? Because God made him a promise. All the way back in Genesis, in, in Genesis chapter 12, and from then on, he, God speaks to Abraham about this promise that he would become the father of many nations, that his seed would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands in the sea. He promised him that, that he would preserve his seed. He promised him that Sarah would have a baby and that that baby will be blessed. And from that baby, all nations would. He promised him this. So he hoped against hope, not because all he had was hope. He hoped against hope because he had a promise. I, we'll, we'll move on. We'll come back. It was by grace. When you read Abraham's story, it doesn't tell you why God chose Abraham. It, it, it really never gives any details about why God just chose Abraham. It says that he came to Abraham. He told him to get up from your, get up from your land and amongst your, your father's kindred. Get up and go to a land that I will tell you and I will make your, I will multiply your descendants as numerous as stars God and sands and seas. But it never tells us why he chose Abraham. He just chose him. You know what that is? Grace. That's favor. That's unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor. That is grace. That while everyone around Abraham is sinking in their sins, while everyone else around Abraham will die and go to hell, that everyone else around him is damned for an eternity, God chooses Abraham. Now, mind you, I'm talking about Abraham, but I'm not talking about Abraham. We were without hope. All of those around us are dying without hope. But for some reason, in God's infinite mercy, he has favored, he has graced us. He has chosen to reveal to us the mysteries of God by grace. For by grace are you saved. It wasn't that Abraham deserved it. Talking about Abraham, but I'm not talking about Abraham. It wasn't that we earned it. It wasn't because I got I decided to be to be to be baptized. It's not because I decided to walk in a in a better way. There's a lot of good people going to hell. It was it's not because I've done everything right. It's not your education, it's not your political party. It's not the job position. It's not anything beside the fact that God chose you to grace you, to give you undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. All of us in this room, if we were honest, we can look back over our lives and we can see where God should have left us, but he favored us. I, I, we were talking at, at, the, at the men's locker room yesterday, and I ain't going to tell you the details because if you're a man, you should have been there. If you was a woman, you wasn't walking. Um, but we were talking about our stories. And, 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 and Rory, 
Rory said, Pastor Baker said he sins good, but I sinned great. So if Rory sinned great, I, I sinned fantastic. I, I, I got all of my S, I, and the N. I, I, I mean, I, I got saved when I was a child, but that meant I did all my sinning in church because I was saved, but I was still a sinner. And, but God graced us. There was a moment while you were dead in trespasses and sin where God sent his spirit and his spirit tugged on your souls and said, you are dead, but I come to give you life and life more abundantly. He graced us. I got to say that because, because if we don't remember that it's a free gift of God, that it's the favor of God, we'll make the mistake of thinking that we can do something to earn more favor. You cannot earn more favor. He has already favored you. He chose you. Let me, let me, let your hair, let your hair down. You ain't got to worry about it no more. Salvation was finished at the cross. Right, bird at the cross? Say, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart, they all rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight. Now I can be I got a right to be happy all the day because of what Jesus did by grace. By grace. Then, then, then. The next point, the next point is through faith. <clears throat> By grace, but through faith. <clears throat> we all have been offered, everybody in this world have all been offered the same grace. But without faith, you have no access. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans tells his story. Uh, he does a lot of traveling. He goes, he said he went to a, a Hilton, climbed up all the stairs at the Hilton, put his key in the door, and it kept going red instead of green. I hit them little things. Got to time them out perfectly. Kept going red and not green, red and not green, so he couldn't get in the door. So he goes back down to the desk and he says, this key does not work. And the person at the desk goes, because that key does not fit that door. He had taken the wrong key to the wrong hotel and it didn't open the door because that key does not fit that door. You know what key fits the door of salvation and grace? Say it again. Faith. Faith fits that door. Faith will open up the door and grace will be given to you because of what Jesus did for us. For by grace, but it's through faith. It says, it says here, it says, Abraham... Abraham hoped against hope, <clears throat> excuse me, so that he would become the father of many nations according to what he had, what had been spoken. So will your descendants be? He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be dead since he was already, since he was already about 100 years old. And also the deadness of Sarah moved. He did not waver in unbelief of God, of God's promise but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. It was his faith that didn't waver. It, 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 it's almost elementary to, to preach these things to a church like this because I know we understand our salvation all good, but every now and again we need a reminder unless we fall off of the right path that it was grace 
and faith. It was grace. You can't have one without the other. It says that he had faith. His faith did not waver. Abraham was old. And Sarah was barren. Sarah laughed at God. Abraham didn't understand God. As a matter of fact, in his journey, Abraham fell. Yeah, that's where Ishmael comes from. God said, you and Sarah will have a baby. It was taking too long. You know, I'm already old. How much older do I got to be to see the fulfillment of the promise? It was taking too long. So Abraham goes into, into Hagar, right? And Hagar and Abraham has Ishmael, and they present, you know, this the baby. Go ahead, do your promise thing. He wavered. He fell even in the fa Notice he fell, but he never lost his faith. No. Notice he fell, but he never lost his faith. Notice he fell, but he never lost his faith. Because the Bible, come on, we're talking to us now. We're talking to us now, right? First John says that he, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. unrighteousness. So even though we fail, we should never lose our faith because God has graced us with salvation. Righteousness has been imputed and we got a promise. He failed. Ishmael was not the promise. It was, it was a push. It was, it, was, it was a push trying to tell God, come on. Let's, let's be real for a second. You ever got there? You ever been there? You ever been there? God promised you something. You know, God promised you that you were going you to eat the goodness of the land. And so you went and got your tablecloth and a spoon and a fork. Got your napkin and you pulled up your chair. And you're like... Where's the fatness? From the land. You, you, he promised, he promised that, that you would be the head and not the tail. And for some reason, you got footprints all over your back. Huh? He told you to go, and you went, and there wasn't nothing there when you got there. Have we ever been there? Where, where, where if you were honest, you sit back and you look up and you say, God, I trust your promise, but this is taking too long. You promised me this. Where is the flourishing of that? What do you do then? I'm glad you asked. Since y'all got quiet, I'm pretend like y'all asked. You have faith. You know, faith can move mountains. Faith can, can cast trees out of your way. Faith can give you strength to overcome any circumstance. Faith in God, that is. See, faith is useless unless you have someone to put faith in. If you put faith in me, I'm going to fail you, I guarantee. Because if you call me after 10, I'm not answering my phone. If you call, bird tell you call me for 8, I probably ain't going to answer that neither. I'll call you back, though. Don't put your faith in man because man will fail you every time. There's only one, only one entity that has been eternally always faithful even when we're faithless. Ain't that what Pastor uh, Baker told us? That God is faithful even when 
are faithless because in us he has deposited his spirit and he ain't going to lie to himself. One more time. In us he has deposited his spirit and he will never lie to himself because every word that he speaks will never return unto him void. So when you're in, when you're in that point where it's too far to go back, but it's not yet close enough to see the end. That's the middle ground. Where, where you remember Jesus told the disciples to launch out and go to the other side, right? And, and, and they, they had been rowing. They had been in that storm for a real long time. It shouldn't have took them that long to get on the other side, but it was a real bad storm. So they were stuck in, it said they were in the middle of the sea. The middle. The middle of the sea. And there's a storm going on around them, right? So when you look back that way, Ain't going to do me no good to turn around because I still got to go halfway through the storm. But if you look back this way, I can't see my destination because I'm in the middle of a storm. I'm in between promise and purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm in between him speaking and him manifesting. I'm in between my bad season and my good season. I'm... I'm Come on, y'all. And I, I'm not, I know I'm not talking to myself. I know I don't experience these things by myself, Earl. I'm in between what he told me I could have and what I just let go. What do you do then? Abraham had faith. And it was counted to him as righteousness. Righteousness. Or some say just he was justified. Because it's faith, justification, justification, justification. Justification is not, we used to have a saying, Terrence, you'll remember this saying, justification, just as if I never did it. Or just as if I had not sinned. That ain't what justification is. Justification is I did it. I was caught red-handed. They got me on camera. They got my license. They got my ID. They know my social security number. I did it. Left fingerprints all over it and took some with me so that I could keep for a keepsake. I did it. But justification says, that's right. You did do it. But I paid for it. I thought we would be a little more happy about that. The fact that I was caught red-handed. The fact that I stood before God, the righteous judge, guilty of everything that I was convicted of. I lied. I stole. I cheated. I manipulated. I cheated. I misused. I abused. I hurt people with my words. I tore people down with my actions. I am guilty. But because of faith in Jesus Christ, I, what, what, what Baker did, got to do that little Baker run. Because of faith in Jesus Christ, I am now justified. I've been, I've been taken from my broken place and put into my wholeness because of Jesus Christ. Listen, imagine you're building a wall <clears throat> and you get about five bricks high, right? You set a brick on, you turn around, you turn back, that brick fell off. You don't act like that brick didn't fall. You justify it. You don't act like that brick didn't fall. 
you justify it. You pick it up from where it never should have been. We never should have been in sin. It wasn't what he created us for. We never should have been there. That's not what his original plan and purpose for us was. So he picked us up, my God, from where we fell, and he justified us. What activates his justification? I said it already. I had one witness. What activates his justification? What activates his justification? For by grace you are saved through he justified us. He knew I was wrong. I can't get past that, man. Listen, I got some people who won't forgive me for little things. We so petty, we'll hold small things against you for the rest of your life. We'll always remember when you used to and where you was and who you was and what you did. And we won't forgive you, but God has forgiven me of much he loved me, and he graced me, and he justified me because of my faith. That's, that's what he's talking about here. When he's talking about Abraham, when he's talking about circumcision, and when he's talking about his obedience. You say, okay, so works don't save you. So what does works do? If you remember what we read it said that circumcision was a sign of Abraham's faith and that it sealed him, right? Sign and seal. Now, don't think seal like what you do with a Ziploc bag when you close it. Because salvation was done at the cross. So there was nothing needed for him to come back and close. When he says seal, what he's talking about is that stamp, that they would put on something to say that they are either in agreement with it or that they own it, that it belongs to them. Right, 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 right. So it was a sign in a seal. It was a sign that he was obedient because of his belief. He placed his faith in God and his faith in God then changed his life because of the righteousness that was imputed into him. And because he's righteous now, he has to walk upright because he's already been justified. So we are sanctified, but we are being sanctified. So we, he had to have, so what he had was a seal. The seal, the seal, the seal. You remember they say they closed Jesus in the grave and then he sealed the grave. He put that, Pilate put a stamp on that grave. Said, mm. I have crucified this man, and my authority is here, so don't touch this. That's what that sealed means. So when Abraham, <laughs> man, sometimes you get excited. I can get excited because I know where I'm going with this. So Abraham, when he was circumcised, it was a seal. Hey, it was a sign that I have been crucified with Christ. Oh, I'm skipping, I'm moving along. So, so let's stick with Abraham. It was a sign that I have believed in Yahweh, that I have trusted him as my, my, my God, my master, my king, my ruler. I have trusted him as the most sovereign in my life, and my obedience is to accept the sign, to show everybody wherever I go that I have been bought by Christ, okay, okay. So he had a sign, right? So, so it reminds me. I gotta do the preacher finger when I say that. <laughs> it reminds me 
of what he tells us in the New Testament. He told us that there are signs that will show that we believe what we said we believe. What was the sign? That you love one another. That you keep my commandments and that you do my will. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. My work does not establish my salvation. My work is a result of my salvation. I can't be mean when I know how much God loves me. I can't help but help people when I know what God helped me with. I can't help but show love to people because God loved me with a love that is beyond fathom and imagination. So my works don't save me, but my works is because I'm saved. How can you be saved by grace, unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor, through faith, and not show it? I, Brother Ted Jackson, my, one of my spiritual fathers, when he would eat something good, he'd agreed with the whole meal. You see, my mama started laughing because she know what I'm talking about. Brother Teddy, eat he cut into something. He'll chew it. Mm-hmm. 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 Ain't nobody talking to you, though. But he's agreeing with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use Bird. He's sitting on the front row. Bird, you know when he like his food because it's gone real fast. <laughs> and he take big bites. He's going to look at you like this to tell you should have ordered that, too. If you get something good, it's enough preachers in here. I thought y'all caught it fast. If you get something good, you can't possibly keep it to yourself. You gotta, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you get something good, you don't hoard it. I mean, I got a fishing spot that's good, and I ain't gonna tell nobody where it is, but I'll take you to it. Uh, but when you get something good, you want to share. The good that you got. Right? 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 So this is how they know that we got something good. Because we share the goodness that we got. How do we share the goodness that we got? We do the works to present to them our faith because faith without works is dead. If you show me your faith, I'll show you my faith with works and let's see who wins. Not justified by my works. But I work because I'm justified. I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to beat y'all over the head. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. I just need us to understand that our faith, that our justification, that our imputed righteousness is undeserved. And because it's undeserved, and because it's unearned, it's not ours to keep. One more time, because it's undeserved and because it's unearned, it's not ours to keep. We have a task to do because of the justification given to us. And that task is to spread the news of what our Savior did. So if you've been justified, you should also be an evangelist. There's no role of an evangelist that has to be relegated to you, delegated to you. 
Nobody told Roy that he should be an evangelist. But if you don't know Jesus and you come around Roy, you will know Jesus before you leave Roy's presence. Aggressively know Jesus before you leave. Listen, Rory will put you in a spiritual check. He spiritually had you up here on the wall. What you mean you don't know Jesus? We have all been saved, justified by faith, and therefore we all should do the work. That's what Abraham did. That's what Abraham did. That's what this whole passage is telling us is that because of his justification, because of his faith in Jesus, he was because of his faith in God, he was justified. So remember, he's talking about Abraham, but he ain't just talking about Abraham. So because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we have been justified, and because of our justification, we have been given a call. The call is to tell others about Jesus. Simply that. Doesn't get a whole, it's not more, more complicated than that. You can go into, however you flesh that out is how you flesh that out. But our responsibility because of the justification given to us is to spread the news of Jesus Christ. So if that's our job, how come people around us still don't know about how good our God is? If that's our response, remember, works is our response to the justification given to us through faith in Jesus Christ. So how come our neighbors don't know we saved? How come the people we see every day at work don't know about the goodness of Jesus? Don't feel condemned. That's not what this is. I just want y'all to look at your own self and reflect on your own life. How are you reflecting the fact that I have been justified? Do you reflect that fact? Last point. Through faith. Last point, because of a promise. Because of a promise. It says, in 19, he, not, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be already dead since he was about 100 years old and also the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to do. He had a promise. That's why Abraham could solidly unwaver in his faith. That's why we should be solid and unwavering in our faith because God has promised us. He's promised us. Well, what did he promise us? Well, in Genesis, uh, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, he promised that, that, that Jesus says he will crush the serpent's head, but he will bruise his heel. That's a promise. He promised us that, that in Isaiah 53 that there would be a lamb without guilt, without sin, without spot, without blemish. And then in, in, in Matthew, that lamb shows up. He promised. He promised us that if you believe that he would save you from your sins. That's, that's a promise. He promised us 
in, in John 3.16 that if you believe that you would be saved. He promised us in John chapter 14 that he is the way. Then he came back and said, I am the truth. Then he came again and said, I am the light. He promised us that no man comes to the Father but by him. He promised us that he would go to prepare a place for us that where he is we may also be. And then he promised us that he would come back for us again. So just like Abraham had a promise, we can have faith because we have a promise. God is not a man that he should lie. So if he promised us, it's going to happen. One more time, if he promised us, it will happen. So even though you're in between promise and fruition, you're right where faith has you. Because your faith says that I believe every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Your faith says, I believe every word that's written in the book that he has given us to live our life according to. Your faith can be strong because you have a promise that God has given you that he would never leave you nor forsake you. Your faith can be strong because he promised that he that comes to me will in no way be disappointed. Your faith can be strong because he promised that if you seek, you will find. If you knock, I will answer. And he that comes to me will in no way be disappointed. We have been saved for by grace. You are saved through faith because of a promise. So... I'm done. I promise I am. But I'm preaching, so when I say I'm done, I got one more thing. <laughs> Thank God for his promise. Thank God for grace. Thank God for faith. Because the faith that you needed to trust God didn't come from you. He gave all of us a measure of faith. And we take the faith that he has given to us and we live out the life that he has called us to live for by grace. Unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor for grace. Are you saved because you believe the God who has given you faith and a promise? So as I'm done, as I'm finished, as I'm going to my seat, I thank God for the promise. I thank God that when I'm in the storm, even though I'm too far to go back, I've still got a promise ahead. I thank God that even though I'm hurting and even though I'm weak, that I have a God who has a son who is just like me, who has experienced all things in life but sin. Not I'm grateful that I have a God who looks beyond where I am and sees the potential that he has placed in me. I'm thankful, I'm grateful uh, that I have a God who has looked down on me and sees not my faults, but sees the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful, I'm grateful, I'm good and grateful because God has saved me. He saved me. Listen, y'all don't have to agree with me, but I was a wretch undone. I was a sinner trapped in my sins. The song says, I was seeking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. I was very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master, but the master of the sea 
He spoke to my storm. He spoke to the what manner of man is this? That even the sea, even the storm, he spoke to my storm. He he rescued me. I he, he picked me up from the pit and set me on the rock. I have been justified. I have been saved. I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. 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 Redeemed means to be bought back. Remember Tilton? He went down. He had all the tickets. And he looked in the prize box and he said, I want that one. He said, I want that one. I want that one. I want these ones. And I got the tickets to pay for them. My blood, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Yeah, so now I'm born of the Spirit. <laughs> With life from above <laughs> into God's family. Divine, I've been justified fully through Calvary's love. And all what a standing is mine. And it's because of that wonderful day when uh, as a sinner I came. I took off the offer of grace that did proffer. He saved me. Oh, praise his dear Name justified fully. It's been done. <clears throat> so I'm asking, if there's anyone here, number one, who has not experienced the faith, the unmerited of the grace that leads to faith, which results in righteousness. If there's anybody here who've never heard Jesus, call your name. This is the time. This is him calling. This is him telling you that there's nothing else that you have to do. I already finished the work. If you have not tasted and seen, take this moment. I'm not pressuring you. No pressure, but it is urgent. Because tomorrow is not promised to you. The only breath promised to you is the one that just passed. You could walk out, you could stand up to greet somebody, and that'll be, that could be your last word. Do not let this moment pass. Some of us have experienced the grace of God, the favor, the undeserved, unearned merit of God. But when we walk, if we're honest, sometimes it just feels like we're walking in circles. Some of us have allowed life to life so much that we haven't seen God God in a while. It's not because he's not God. It's because there's a place where you left. Come back. Don't let this opportunity. Listen, it's not because you need to be resaved. It's already credited to you by faith. But it is because we, walk, we work and walk in an ungodly world and sometimes we get off track. Come now. The altar's open. If you need prayer, you need someone to touch and agree with you. If you need someone to simply pray with and for you, that you would be able to experience God even more. Come now. Leave your place of brokenness. Leave your place of disappointment. You're not alone here. We've all been in the middle of something and not been able to see what's ahead and be afraid of what was behind. Come now. 
you're not, you're not alone. That's what we are here. We are a community of people saved by the same grace, the same unearned, same unmerited, same undeserved favor. Don't leave this place the way you came. Can we stand? Can we all stand around the building? One more time. Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.